Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Circle of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, John Kovach Jr., and I cannot wait to get into today's discussion and conversations. And also, if you hear any yawning in the background, it is my two puppies. They just walked into the door as I started the show today, and uh, somehow I left the door unlocked and they found a way in. So while the uh, music was playing there at the beginning, they were in here saying hi to me. It was hilarious, but now I've asked them to be quiet and sit in studio and use their studio voices. But uh, today I want to just welcome everybody and say thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Uh, If you'd like to share a question that we can bring on air during any one of our sessions, please, or or share any thoughts and feedback, we'd love to hear it. You can send that information to my or info at mychampioncircle.com, where Champion Circle Networking Association, located in states throughout the country, are our main provider. And as the founder of that association, we are so grateful for the opportunities to connect with professionals, to help them grow their businesses and to accelerate through the mastermind methodologies that we teach. And all of that is an incredible process. Now, um, we appreciate all of you for your continued support. And as you continue to support us more, we can add more topics, bring more people on the show, and we can host more live events, which is something we'll talk about very, very soon. But I am delighted to have an opportunity to interview this individual. I have been following them for, I think, now a year on TikTok or so, and their energy is just something that I continuously want to match. There's something so magnetizing about this individual. Um, She's huge on Instagram. She's got like thousands of followers over there. And on TikTok, we're just growing our our following on a whole new audience and a whole new scale. But I'm really, really excited to introduce Megan Gallagher. And let me tell you about her before I bring her on stage. Megan Gallagher is a 27-year-old, or I'm going to say 27-year-young, two-time TEDx speaker, which I can't wait to experience and talk to her more about. She's a four-time Amazon bestseller, which is fantastic. She's a TV host and a mental health advocate. She's got an incredible story about facing her, her fears and her anxiety and panic attacks, and there's just a an entire growth process and story that we're going to get to know here on the air, but also she's become motivated by her struggles and she's had the opportunity to work with incredible businesses. She currently speaks at colleges and fortune 500 companies about mental health, avoiding burnout and the wellness in the workplace, which is so, so needed. And last but not least, she, uh, other than her incredibly talented opportunities through speaking, authoring, blogging, TV hosting, and freelance modeling and fitness lover, uh, she currently lives in Austin, Texas, one of my favorite cities of all time. Welcome to the Circle of Knowledge podcast, the amazing (laughs) Megan Gallagher. What is going on, Megan? Hey, John. How are you? I am so excited for today's conversation. I... I mean, that intro was phenomenal. I feel like, so I'm like, really me? Like what? Um, You're so sweet to have said all that. And I am just over the moon to be here. And I feel the same way about you, like like like-minded energy. So I cannot wait to chat. Fantastic. Well, thank you for the compliments. I I appreciate that. And my goal is always to um, become the number one person considered to hire to take you on the road once you take your uh, your your tour live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be your hype man and 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 definitely uh, your stage provider. But uh, I love that, and I'm I'm so excited. And and like minds do feel alike because they 
they attract the type of things they want in their life. And I've got to say, just from observation, just by watching you on TikTok and seeing your videos, you invite such a positive, influential, and almost, uh, I'll go as far to say as a fearless energy. You've definitely, wherever you've come from, you've, you've definitely have overcome some incredible things. And I can't wait to dive into that. So let's kick mm. off today's conversation by asking a loaded but open-ended question, which is, tell us about who Megan is. Where did she come from? What is her story? Yeah. And how did you get here? And we can interject with some conversation. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I would say, so <laughs> I love it. Who, who is Megan? Um, so I was born and raised in San Francisco Bay area in California. Um, I grew up in a suburb outside of the city and I feel like I had a, you know, very normal childhood, super positive, very supportive. I feel very fortunate and very blessed. And um, I remember, you know, throughout, you know, my early adolescent, I mean, as early as like fourth grade, I remember always worrying before events, like before mm. sleepaway camp in fourth grade, going on class field trips, um, anything really, I just was always nervous before. And I was like, huh, this is just interesting. And at that age, you know, I wasn't even paying attention. I just would get very anxious and worried. And thankfully, I had parents that, you know, were definitely aware that I was a sensitive child. And so they, it's a, interesting, too, because my parents are so opposite. You know, my, <laughs> my mom is a little bit more like tough love, like just do it, you're, you're, you're going to be fine, you just go do it. And my dad's more of a softie. So it was interesting having the mixture of both growing up because you know, I think for me, I would not be the woman that I am today without both of my parents. But my mom really, really, really was like, the main motivator, she would still push me to do things even when I didn't want to do it. You know, I would be calling her crying from school saying, pick me up, you know, I'm gonna, I feel sick, something is wrong. And she just said, Megan, I love you, you will thank me one day, but you're staying at school. You know, you're, you're gonna stay here. I know you can do it. And I just feel like that, like her, you know, pushing me to do things, it really trained in my mind to just do it no matter what I was feeling. And to know that emotions, you know, come and go, nothing lasts forever. And as someone like, um, I'll, I'll get back to it. But when I was in high school, that's when my anxiety was at its absolute worst. And I mean, I was like a shell of a person hanging on by a thread, like having 20 panic attacks a day, just all my grades. Yeah, like I was getting C's and D's in all my classes, like really in a low, low place. Um, <clears throat> and it just, I remember, you know, just thinking to myself, this is just so awful. Like I would not wish this on anyone else. The feeling of panic attacks, if you've experienced it, they're so awful. It's terrible. You feel like you're literally just gonna die. Like you're gonna blow up and you're just, you're like, I need to get out of my skin. I feel like I cannot breathe. Everything is closing in and it's very scary, but I really do think that my upbringing was uniquely for me because it really motivated me, you know, just to continue to push myself no matter what. And um, like I was saying, you know, as early as fourth grade, I remember, just always feeling so worried. I was always nervous before events and always freaking out. And what if I die? What if the plane crashes? You know, the what ifs. And then my middle school years, 
I still was a little bit anxious, of course, going through, you know, puberty, so awkward. Um, and then high school was when it was at its absolute worst. And <clears throat> I remember, you know, my freshman year of high school, I just, it was really the transition from eighth grade to freshman year, you know, all of the change, some friends going to a different high school and just starting high school in general is it's such a scary time. I mean, it's like, you know, you're, it's just, you're getting ready for the, a huge time in your life. The four years you're trying to find your locker, trying to impress this guy. It's like everything matters so much. And when you are in high school, it's just, you're really like, it's just such a stressful time. I mean, the body changes, the hormones, you're experiencing your first romantic relationship, probably, you know, going through so many first prom and trying to get this and that and the grades and get ready for college. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. And so I remember my first, my freshman year about a month into it. I mean, this is nine years ago, so long ago, but about like a month into it, I just started having these, I call them episodes because I didn't know what it was, but these episodes throughout the day, I would be sitting in class, you know, just doing my thing. And I just all of a sudden felt so hot. I was like, what the heck? And I felt sweaty everywhere. And I just felt like my heart was like, I was going to have a heart attack. And I would like clutch my desk and be like, oh my God, you know, this is the end. I'm just going to, this is a stroke. I'm having a heart attack in class at 14, 15. You know, this is so embarrassing. Um, And I would always ask my teacher, can I go to the bathroom? That was my thing. I would get the hall pass, run off to the girl's room. And I talk a lot about this. Um, I actually recently just wrote a blog for a mental health um, brand that helps student athletes. So it's all about mental health and student athletes. I wrote a really cool guest blog for them about that my little mini rock, rock bottom. You know, when I would go sit in this girl's bathroom It would be ice cold, you know, super quiet in the bathroom stall. And I would hear the generator next door humming. And I would look down at the square tiles and just feel like, I mean, like, what is happening? You know, I was trying to self-soothe, you know, calm myself down because panic attacks are so embarrassing. And it's Mm. such a raw moment. And you don't want to have one in public. That's like the biggest fear. So I would be trying to self-soothe in this bathroom stall, you know, staring at the graffiti on the walls and just like, just really, I'm like, okay, so this is my life. You know, like I had many thoughts in that bathroom stall and I'm like, I remember the moment where everything changed is one day I went again to the bathroom stall and I sat there and I told myself, I was like, honestly, I don't even see a future for myself. You know, I'm, I'm about to start my, this had, the panic attacks had gone on for, you know, nine months basically. And I was like, I am literally hanging on by a thread. You know, my grades are slipping every, cause I just still didn't know what was going on. Cause no one talked about mental health in my school. So I just felt like I was a weirdo who had a disease or a disorder. I felt yeah. so alone and mental health really, when you don't talk about it and there's no awareness or education, you can feel, you know, so alone and just so like, so it's awful what it can do to you. It can swallow you whole and bring you to such a dark place. So I remember though, this, this major moment in my life, um, sitting in the bathroom stall and I was like, here I am, you know, at 15 years old and I don't even see a future for myself. You know, I don't even see myself moving out of my parents' house. I don't even see like, while everyone's, you know, kind of prepping for college and SAT and like, you know, all homecoming and prom, it's like, 
I was like, I don't even see myself getting, you know, five more minutes. Like I was in survival mode so desperately. And I was like, I just, I, how am I going to be an adult? How am I going to be happy, healthy, all that stuff? So in that moment, I decided, you know what, I'm going to ask for help. And that changed my entire life as I asked my parents to go to therapy. Um, and that was very hard for me to do. Like my hands were literally like shaking when I told them something was going on and I just cried and it was so word vomiting, but it was the bravest thing I ever did because I realized in that moment, asking for help, it actually means that you're really brave. It does not mean that you're weak. It does not mean that, you know, you are, um, like a loser or inferior. It means that you're really strong. And so that kind of, you know, at 15, was the catalyst that set me on this course for, I mean, the next, like, yeah, like 10 years. I mean, it really, that wellness journey started in that moment. I started therapy. I still have a therapist to this day. It's been 14 years based. Wow. I mean, so long, 12 years since that moment. And I'm just proud of myself. Cause also I do believe that things happen for a reason. And if I didn't go through that challenging time, I wouldn't have the empathy, compassion. I wouldn't be the speaker that I am because I wouldn't have walked through it. So, you know, looking back in hindsight, I'm like, I mean, thank you universe. Thank you God, because I think some of our biggest challenges, the universe, you know, I always tell myself this, I'm a spiritual person now at 27, but I tell myself this, the universe does not, you know, want to see us suffer. Like God, whatever you believe in, they don't want to see us suffer, right? They're not like, oh, you know, here's this cute young girl named Megan and now we're going to give her this hard time. That's not what the universe does. The universe sees the person that we're going to become on the other side of it. You know, the stronger, more resilient, more powerful, more loving, more compassionate. And they're obsessed with that version of us. And that's what I believe is the most challenging, losing a loved one, mental health, financial crisis, breakups, grief, whatever, the universe is not like, oh, we want you to be in pain, but they just know that oftentimes those hard, hard, hard moments literally are the catalyst for some of the biggest transformations. And the universe, God really like wants us to be the person that we become on the other side. You know, it's like, it's not a coincidence when you go through really bad breakups that you're like, this is so painful that you're just like, I'm just going to get in the best shape ever. Right. You're like, I'm so sick of feeling so sad and just so and then boom, guess what? You get in the best shape ever because you need discipline. You need something to look forward to. And then what that getting in the best shape ever, that wouldn't have happened if you like, so everything is so connected in life. And so, um, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, as a, I'm such a talker, but in a nutshell, that's kind of a little bit about my story. And um, I've just been on this journey. Like I didn't go to college and I just moved down to Los Angeles when I was <clears throat> younger, 18, and I just started speaking. I literally started. I just knew my passion. I knew my purpose. And I just would go around to boys and girls clubs, like anywhere that would have me. My parents are like, cool, you found your passion. Awesome. They're very open-minded. But they were like, you have to make it happen yourself. So I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> so I just, I just kept on going. That's been the main thing of my career is – I just keep on going, you know, no matter with what I have. And um, I've, you know, er early on in my career too, I had many moments where I had to have, you know, part-time jobs, just hustling my butt off to make it happen. Like working at front desks at a gym and having to wake up at 3 a.m. to open up the gym 
And then throughout the day, you know, dealing with people throwing towels at you, calling you this and that and having to, I've done it all. You know, I've cleaned toilets. I've cleaned sweaty yoga studio floors. I've really, I have, I've folded laundry in the back of um, yoga studios. I've done it. And like those jobs, you know, were so difficult, but it's really, they taught me, I, once again, I wouldn't be the person I am without that because it instills in you the discipline of just still showing up and doing it and giving it your best effort. And to me, that discipline and that resilience is also a huge part of my career now. So, so beautifully said. And I have to tell you, your, your journey, your story is so inspiring. And um, it reminds me of some interviews that I have had on this show. And it is amazing to me that uh, a common theme that has something because I reached out to you and I invited you to be on the show and something I guess that is magnetizing to me is this background of overcoming, but also working with and living with the, 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 the trials of something like anxiety and how yeah. real it actually is. And I, I love your story. Um, I recently had a, uh, a guest on the show and she's very popular on, on social media. Um, she's the world's one of the world's top heptathletes. Her name is Shari Hawkins and Shari. I, is, I love Shari. Shari's amazing. Yes. And yes. Uh, so I follow cool. her for you know many reasons and we've built a, a, a bit of a connection there, but she, um, she talks about in, in our interview, her story and very, very similar to that bathroom stall se- scene that you should. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it is something that I can't wait to get to the ears of so many listeners because mm. I want them to understand that there is a way out. There is solutions yes. and, and um, your story is so inspiring, Megan. And, and I, and I love it too. And I'll just comment here um, that you and I are kind of a younger generation of speakers right now. Yes. A lot of the people we speak <laughs> on stage with are in their forties, fifties, sixties, and, yeah. and um, we're kind of this younger crowd moving up. And I, I aspire to the, I know, right. <laughs> we're just like, yeah. um, I know. Well, I, I aspire that you and I are speaking on stages together in the future because of the messaging that powered with the coupled um, information that can, that can help and and, and heal so many people. And, and, and I love it. And I have to admit too, that as much as I've experienced as an ex athlete and, and, and the anxiety that I've experienced throughout my life, you know, there are probably Mm -hmm. a few times in my life where I can really count on my fingers that I had a true panic attack and yes, it is, it is, I would rather watch um, the grudge like 10 times in a row <laughs> than go through that again, because it is, it is such a exhausting and terrifying feeling. And, yes, um, and I, awful. and I feel for those who go through that on a daily basis, let alone, you know, hourly basis. And so your yeah. story is so inspiring. I can't wait to dive into that, but also thank you for your your explanation and story. Yeah. And, you know, I always feel like, and this goes back to my childhood, like I, I feel so grateful because, you know, like I, like I said, I would not be the woman that I am without my childhood. To me, that's like the foundation of a house, right? My childhood is the foundation of who I am. Like I, you know, all of the things that I learned throughout my life come from my childhood. I would not be the strong, excuse me, the strong, you know, resilient, hardworking, disciplined person I am without my childhood. Like that was everything to me. Like my parents, 
you know, I get goosebumps, but they mean the world to me. Like they both, you know, come from normal families. Like I come from pretty normal, humble beginnings, like nothing crazy, but just a normal middle-class family. Mm -hmm. And my parents just told me, you know, Megan, whatever you want in this life, it's yours. Never let anyone tell you that you cannot achieve anything. If someone like my mom is so just like a mini Kris Jenner, like I love her, but she's super, 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 just like, go for it. Like never ever. And she was like, if someone tells you no, you're talking to the wrong person. And having, you know, growing up as a girl, having someone instill that in you and like a dad, you know, that was just the best dad to girls ever. Cause my family, we have, we have no boys. I only, it's me and a sister. So it's just girls, but I had the best dad ever who was so such a great girl's dad. And he just would always show up mentally and physically to every soccer game, every homecoming, every, every, like he was just always there for us. And he would wipe our tears when a guy didn't text us back. And, you know, he always just went above and beyond coming to the volleyball tournaments. And, you know, my mom saying, oh yeah, there's, you know, there's tons of other dads go drive, you know, your daughters to this volleyball tournament in, you know, some other city and he would show up and there's no other moms. And he just had, like, he's such a great dad. And he'd go to every Girl Scout, every, all the stuff, the Cub Den, everything. He's so phenomenal. And so my mom too, you know, she always told me just, like I said, they showed us the movie, The Secret, all about manifestation and law of attraction. Uh, When I was nine years old, my parents sat us down and my sister and I, and we watched it and they were like, you have this ability, like you can, your thoughts, you can manifest any life that you want. And so that's kind of the household I grew up in, which also shaped me into who I am. You know, my parents, my parents were strict, but also it was more of like a kind of, I would never say hippie, but very open-minded, very spiritual. That's just how I was raised. Like anything is possible. Um, you know, and they did a good mixture of keeping it grounded and there were rules, but you know, we were allowed to just dream big. And one day I want to play the clarinet. Cool. Go play it. You know, like one day I want to be a girl scout, go do it. So that's how I grew up. So I feel like, um, to circle it back, you know, I would not be the woman that I am if it weren't for my childhood, like the things that I learned really shaped me into who I am today. And I feel like as we get older, you know, as we be, as we become an adult, we kind of realize, you know, like I live in Texas and I have my own life and I'm really independent. We just realize, you know, the more people you meet, you're like, not everyone has a great childhood. You know, Mm -hmm. not everyone had it really as I did. And it's just a reality. The more, you know, you grow and expand your mind and your perspective, you're like, I just, I'm proud of myself. You know, I'm like a woman of integrity. I'm a woman of, just good morals and values. And I meet hundreds of people all the time just with my work and my social life. And it's just cool because you just get to learn and really kind of just observe people. And you're like, huh, I wonder what their childhood was like. You know, you're like, I wonder how they grew up if their parents were loving or if they had a really fun family. So that's what I'm always just thinking about. But yeah. (laughs) I I have to throw in some um, thoughts here because they're there's some really cool things that you've highlighted, and I want my listeners to pay attention to this because despite the the the, the average or the normal um, lifestyle that you've that you grew up in, a uh, middle yeah. class family, I, I have to admit, like that 
is a very, very powerful highlight to your childhood and your parents for, yes. for allowing you to be open allowing your environment to be open-minded to what comes and to sharing yeah. such powerful principles. I wish that the first day of high school, they would have made me watch um, several movies, including <laughs> the secret. And right. And it's because that would have been a game changer for a lot of, you know, a lot of my experiences. Yeah. And um, there was something you said that really stuck with me. And as, as I'm very inspired by the way your parents led <laughs> and, and, and guided you and supported you, you know, the resiliency comes with the response and the resiliency, yeah. resiliency in your response was you were open to receiving it as well as accepting it and working with it. So not only mm -hmm. was parental support just vital, but that became a standard in your life where you needed help and you needed to go to resources who could provide that help. And yes. um, for those who didn't grow up in a great family, who are rising from the literal ashes of the earth because you, yeah. you you are facing you know tragedies on a daily basis or you just don't have the circumstances to get on the right foot just yet just mm -hmm. listen to Megan's story and even at I think you said 16 or mm -hmm. 17 years old yes. she requested a therapist and for 12 yeah. 14 years later she still has a therapist and yeah. that is really really powerful Megan because you can get the help you need. That's a message I wish everybody knew and understood is it mm -hmm. is there for you. And it is what you do with your resources that will ultimately allow you to expand and reach and become what you want to become. And whether it's a speaker or just an entrepreneur or just you want to be a good person, um, mm -hmm. whatever life points in the direction of your, whatever your northern star is, right? You, yes. you need to be able to recognize that you are brave by asking for help. You are incredible by allowing other people to help you yeah. and also putting yourself into a position to be open to that. And your, your yeah. story emulates that. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. I mean, thank you, John, for being so kind. I feel like, um, you know, there is, yeah, there is a power in asking for help and, you know, being a speaker for, I'm 27 now, but being a speaker for the last nine and a half, 10 years. Um, I started when I was 18. So being a speaker for 10 years, you know, at all the schools I've spoken at, at all the um, seminars, conferences, everything, I've realized, you know, I do feel like, I mean, I know that the world that we're go headed towards, um, you know, the stigma is ending, but I do feel like there is such a stigma with men and women and mental health. You know what I mean? Like, I feel because all the schools that I've spoken at, I've noticed that, you know, typically girls are always like, oh my gosh, I want, you know, at the end, I want to ask a question. They're like, so, you know, I'm having anxiety or this guy or whatever, but guys are so just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like, yeah, sure. And I've had moments where guys, you know, after I talk and I leave, guys will DM me on Instagram privately. And they're like, hey, Megan, I loved your talk. Um, but you know, it's like, I, blah, 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 blah. And they ask a question and I think it's just not funny, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's just guys and girls are so different the way that their minds operate. And I think, you know, for men, when they're growing up, I do feel like they're just treated like men, just, I think with mental health, it's like, like I said, we're in a world where things are changing, but I do feel like, you know, men are kind of like raised a little bit to be like, you know, you're the man you provide, you work hard, you find, you know, find someone, get married, settle down. And like, you're the man, you have to be macho, you have to be tough. 
And it's just like that, you know, to a point I'm like, men can also, you know, show their emotions. Like, I think it's healthy to have a dad where you see them cry or, you know, you know that crying does not mean you're weak. It means you're strong and crying is just, you know, a release of emotions. It like, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, I don't know. So I think it's just really about reframing and kind of like changing the stigma. Yeah. Because I just feel like in my experience, you know, men and women are so just, it's, they think, I mean, they think so differently, but I think with mental health, there is, um, you know, just such a stigma. So. Oh man. I, yeah. And I, and I couldn't agree more, you know, as, um, as an athlete as well, I, I recognized that whenever I had my panic attacks or my anxiety, mm -hmm. I needed to shove it down deep and hide it. Yeah. Because if I were to be seen in that state, I would be seen as weak. Maybe I would lose my starting position or I wouldn't get as good of results um, and, and people would judge me. And um, so I definitely, definitely felt that like having yeah. to be something other than what I was feeling, um, definitely for sure. And I agree with you too. I think the stigma is changing. I think it's becoming a lot more understood and accepted and widely, mm -hmm. um, wide, widely uh, familiarized uh, amongst individuals. But we're still not there yet, and which means the world has a lot to a lot to work on and a yes. lot to improve. But um, <clears throat> Megan, I'd love to ask you. Uh, the brilliant speaker that you are and the information yeah. that you share and congratulations on all the most recent successes. I know there's so much more to come. Yes, um, let's, yeah. let's, let's talk about the, um, the golden nuggets of knowledge you'd like to share with my audience as well as, you know, Ooh. what's, what's some wisdom that we can invite them to learn, accept and take action on today. But um, what are some thoughts that you'd like, uh, and it might be you telling your 16 year old self, or it yes, might be just yeah. what you think is common knowledge that people should probably know today. What What's some words of wisdom that we can share? Yes. Okay. So I would say my words of wisdom, I have three quotes I want to share. These are my quotes that I live by. Number one is everything is happening for you, not to you. That's something that I tell myself all of the time, even, you know, when I'm having a challenging moment, even me, you know, the speaker, the girl who's always positive, whatever, because I like to remind people, you know, it's like, I, I'm still a human being, you know, I'm still a 27 year old girl that has so many things that I don't share on social media that I'm going through all of the time. Um, and I feel like for me, you know, maybe in my personal life, my career, or something I talk about online is my love life. Guess what? I'm still single. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some people think, oh my God, they always tell me you're such a catch. You know, Megan, you have so many great qualities. Why are you still single? I'm like, that's the worst thing you could ask someone. <laughs> like it's so, I'm like, well, I don't know why I'm still single, Karen, you know, or whatever it is. So I feel like for me, I, I th just the quote, everything is happening for you, not to you is something that brings me a lot of peace. And it just reminds me of like, okay, you know, I know my foundation, I know my faith, I know who I am. And um, that to me is just something that's really important is like, whatever life throws at me, I always come back to my truth and myself. And of course, you know, being 27, like I have goals. And I, I think when I was younger, I would have thought, you know, oh, by 27, I'll be married with kids and all blah, blah, blah. But my life has, I'm so happy, but it has definitely, you know, panned out um, into something else. And I think it's all about just 
not like letting go of the vision of what I thought my life would turn into, but definitely being open and adjusting and being flexible. And to me, like I said, I still want to be a mom one day and get married, but I often, when I go on dates and like, it doesn't work out, I get so disheartened and I am such a little like softy teddy bear on the inside. So it like, I cry and I just eat ice cream and I'm just like, I'll never get married. Like I'm like, my life is over. <clears throat> and then I feel sad and I have a whole playlist too that I play when I'm sad. I literally am peeing my pants. I have a whole playlist. It's, it's literally all Barry Manilow. <laughs> it's literally all these like love ballads from the eight. It's literally, I play it when I get sad. I can't even breathe. I it's Barry Manilow. Like <laughs> I'm just crying. It's like, um, uh, Whitney Houston, just Dolly Parton, mm -hmm. like the saddest songs ever. And I play it. And I also like me by nature, I'm not like dramatic, but I'm just such like, I'm such a feeler. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm a Scorpio, you know, I'm into horoscopes. I'm a water sign. And I, so I just feel things on a deep level. Like I'm a sensitive soul. And so like, when I, when it doesn't work out with a guy, I get so like, I literally will listen to this playlist and just cry. And then, but I, so I move on. But for me though, this quote, everything is happening for you, not to you. Um, you know, it literally is just brings me back home to my center. So that's my first quote I live by. Second quote is, rejection is God's protection. That is something that I tell myself all the time. You know, John, in this industry, just entertainment, motivational speaking, um, you know, we constantly are hearing no's or yeses and just the entrepreneurial life. There's so many ups and downs, right? There we go. That's one of my favorite quotes. Um, just all the time, even with modeling, you know, I have big dreams. I want to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated one day. And I have done swim searches, et cetera. I've gone to whatever auditions. And even early on in my career, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I had like no money, but I had big dreams. And I'm just like, I'm just going to, you know, go around with business cards and um, just, you know, go to schools and it'll happen. I heard thousands of thousands of thousands of no's. People were like, no, you're just not a fit. And I'm like, okay, why? And at, at that age, you know, rejection really hurt me. And I was yeah. like, I took it so personally, right? It would weigh on me for weeks and months. And I would just get so disheartened and, you know, just be so upset. And then, you know, still, I mean, through, for years and years and years, I really heard a lot of no's. It was just, no, you don't have enough money for this agent, for this manager, for this PR team. You just don't have enough followers. You don't have enough engagement. All this, you're just to me, it was just like, you are just not enough. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what I felt like, you know, Megan, whatever you do, you are just not enough. You will never be enough. And for a while, I got really down on myself because I was just like, wow. So I guess, you know, it's like my dreams are just never going to come true because I have these huge dreams. To me, it feels intuitively right. But I'm like, here I go about my life, you know, hearing all of these no's just no, you're not enough. You're too short. You're too this. You have acne scars. You know, you are too that you just are not going to ever fit the mold. And to me, it's like, I, I just feel so like it really, yeah, it weighed on me. But then as I got older, I started realizing, you know, I'm not going to take it as personally. I just, it kind of went in one ear out the other. And I, as I gained more traction myself and, you know, my career took off in the last like four and a half years. I feel like 
when I hear no's now at 27, you know, it's like, I, it doesn't bother me as much. I used to take it so personally and I would like, you know, uh, just like go like ham on myself and I would be like, oh my God, it's me. And I just, I'm so this and so that. But thankfully, it's like, I don't do that anymore. And so I do think rejection is so painful, but it definitely serves a purpose. And that rejection will help you build character. And it will really build that resiliency. Because also, you know, being an influencer, Don, I'm sure you can relate, um, you know, every day on Instagram, I get, you know, thousands, like, I mean, hundreds of people just being like, the positive comments, but then also people saying things like, you know, you're so ugly, or you look like a man or your parents should have gotten abortion. I mean, people go in and they're really harsh. But guess what, I also have to realize that for me, you know, I put myself online, right? It's like, there's a price to pay, there's repercussions with any choice you make in life. I put myself online. So that's something that I chose. Um, I don't have to do it if I don't want to. But it's also to me, I'm glad that at 27, you know, I have the maturity and the bandwidth to um, <clears throat> to handle all of this. You know, if I were 12 years old, that's why I fear for social media in today's generation, because if I were 12 years old, you know, on TikTok, I would I mean, I already, you know, have struggled with body image stuff and eating disorders mm -hmm. in the past. Thankfully, I'm over that. But I mean, it's like, by gosh, at 13 to have people commenting, saying, you know, like, go burn in H, you know, go die or go this, or you look like a man or it's so harsh. Those words really affect you at that age. So I feel grateful because at 27, you know, it's like, I, <clears throat> I can handle it. Cause I just have thicker skin and I'm way more with age comes wisdom, right. And maturity. And I just know that what other people say and, uh, you know, about me has nothing to do with me. It is, you know, it's really a reflection of them and how they feel about themselves. And to me, it's like hurt people hurt other people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a happy, confident person. Do I ever DM someone? No, because I love my life and I feel confident and happy and in alignment. I really do think, and for someone, you know, like when I was younger, I was bullied a lot. And I remember like I would, there was in middle school, there was this girl that would make fun of my forehead and she would just like rip on me and like terrorize me. And I would literally go home from school walking and I would be sobbing my eyes out and it was traumatizing. Wow. And I took it so personally though, right? At that age, I'm like, oh my God, she is right. I am ugly and I just X, Y, Z. But I realized, you know, in those moments, like now looking back, I'm like, man, I wish, I mean, I don't wish I knew it cause it cause I, that happened for a reason, but I'm like, I wish I knew it was everything about her. You know, like she probably had a terrible home life or hated herself or just felt, you know, insecure and was like oh here's this nice happy girl and i'm just gonna rip on her it has nothing to do with you you know it's just we take it so personally but bullies really are just people that really either emotionally can't handle the stuff that they're dealing with and so they project onto other people or they just have a hard home life they're going through a lot and they don't know how to yeah like process and kind of cope with their feelings and stuff in a healthy way so i feel like um I just wish I knew a lot of things when I was younger, but once again, it all happens for a reason. Um, and so my second, <laughs> back to what I was saying, my second favorite affirmation, the uh, rejection is God's protection. My third one is all is well, like everything is working out. I always tell myself that because with my career, you know, there are so many ups and downs and so many changes every day. 
And I tell myself over and over again, all is well, all is well. And to me, that's just something I carry with me wherever I go. Yeah. Even, you know, just when business deals fall through or something that I really wanted when it doesn't work out, I just tell myself, you know, all is well, all is well. And to me, that's how I get through days when I feel, you know, like nothing is working out or I just feel like I'm in a rut. So that's kind of how I live my life. Well, simultaneously to the knowledge you've just shared, which I'll, I'll scroll back through them. Uh, you've done a fantastic job of reviewing them and repeating them. Everything is, hap- everything is happening for you, not to yes. you. Rejection is God's protection and all is well. Uh, these are not only uh, great knowledge um, nuggets of knowledge, but they're, they're, they're invitations, they're calls to action. And like you said, yes. in a way they're manifestations or, or <laughs> affirmations because these are, these are powerful, um, I guess, principles that you can live by to, to mm-hmm. just not take in the hard things, but to allow yourself yeah. to, to grow beyond the, 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 the difficulties and the, um, the speed bumps that you hit along the way and the hurdles that come your way. That's, that's a phenomenal way to live. And, um, I know you've talked about your parents, your upbringing, your mm-hmm. your 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 drive and desire to help and serve, and and so much uh, so much of that. But I have to ask, with with all that has come from where you've been and now mm-hmm. where you're going, what continues to inspire you along this journey? I mean, what what is it that's um... really driving Megan to be? on the, on the cover of, of the magazine on um, yes. the best speaker in the world to do all of these things. What continues to drive you now that you've learned and have become more comfortable in your own skin? That's a great question, John. Um, I would say what has really driven me is just I'm like, I'm motivated by myself, you know, every day to get to do these things. Like there was once a time when I prayed about all the things that I have now. So that always keeps me humble. Um, And I also feel like what motivates me is, you know, helping other people. Like I, one of my favorite stories ever is um, back in Nashville three years ago, there was a, a boy that follows me on Instagram who is probably about 10 years old now. His name, I won't say his name, but um, he is the cutest guy ever. And he had, um, you know, been through cancer twice at 10, which is incredible. It's so awful. And he is just such a powerful human. And he had been following me on Instagram for a while. um, But he was in Nashville doing a make a wish foundation trip with the Vanderbilt football team. And he and his dad um, really, you know, wanted to meet me and I'm like, okay, cool. So, and it wasn't sketchy. They were very nice about it. So they took me to ice cream and I was like, wow, this is so fun. And I met this gentleman, this young guy for the first time. And it was so cute, John, literally, he was so nervous. I was like dying. He was just so like bright faced. He's like, oh, and his dad's like, you know, it's Megan, like (laughs) say, say hi. He's just like, like really nervous. And I'm like, oh my God. So we got ice cream. And um, it was so cute. He, the boy, had made a list of questions to ask me because he wanted to ask me this in person. Uh, on paper, he wrote it down. And it was like, what's your favorite color? You know, like <laughs> all these really, really cute things. And so I'm sitting next to him and they bought me ice cream. They were so nice. And I'm like eating the ice cream, just sitting next to him. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, what is um, just how's life? Like, tell me about yourself, what you do. 
And he was just so nervous. The dad was chatting with me for like the first five minutes. And I'm like, this is so cute. And then slowly he opened up and he's just like, what's your favorite color? And I'm like, blue. <laughs> he was just so cute. And so we had a great time. It was like 45 minutes and um, it was just an absolute blast. And to me, we took a photo and, you know, they were saying at the ice cream date that um, when this boy was going through chemotherapy, um, he said that my Instagram, you know, really helped him through that hard time. And I literally was like fighting back tears because I'm like, to me, that's what this is all about, right? Like, of course, I love making money and the all that stuff is fun. But that at the end of the day, like to me, I do this for that reason. I really feel like in life, one of my favorite quotes ever is um, the, you know, people like the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency that there is. I will, you know, when we all pass away one day in a long time, hopefully, but at 95 years old, you know, when I am like long gone, I want people to remember me for being a positive person and for really giving it her all and like leaving a mark on this world. Um, you know, like I, I just will never forget that though. Like to me, that quote really was in my head. Like I affected this guy in such a positive way and I love what I do, but you know, some days I'm just posting like, you know, just whatever going through the motions. And I forget that my stuff really has an impact on other people's lives. And to me, to meet someone in person that I got to inspire was like the best gift ever. And so I still have that photo to this day. It's somewhere. Um, but it's like my favorite thing. So, Oh, it's such a beautiful story. Yes. Uh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that the, the answer truly does continue to evolve the greater influence we create and the more people we reach, but what a powerful, um, message. And, yeah. and in respect of your time, I know that you mentioned, we have a, a time limit yes. to how we much we can connect <laughs> today. And I'd love to put a yes. part one on the end of this one and, and continue the conversation. Yes. And by the way, Megan, I've got to find a way to get you out to um, Salt Lake city and get you speak yeah. on one of our champion stages, because, um, you, you, you inspire me and i know that as easy as that comes i'm so influenced by uh positive yeah. messages that i know that you could reach an incredible um, <clears throat> group of people who are probably mm -hmm. going through what i can't provide counsel for them to and i'm just super excited to introduce you to yes. that group but thank you so much for your time for your dedication you. and uh Seriously, I, I can't wait to develop a, a, a better connection and relationship with you as we continue to grow in the speaker tours. And I also just want to invite all of my listeners to go check Megan's Instagram out, go follow her. She is making a difference as she described in her story. Um, mm -hmm. I personally am favorable to uh, TikTok because I, I want that to be a platform and a place where we spread, spread positivity too. And yes. she continues to do that. She's a rising star over there as well. Um, you did mention that there's going to be a, um, a, a course releasing sometime by the end of July-ish. And uh, would you like to quickly talk about that before we uh, sign out? Yes. So I'm right now I'm working on my first online course. I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be out hopefully in about three weeks. I'll do a lot of promo and, you know, announcements and posting on my story before then. But I am, um, you know, so grateful and so excited. And I'm just over the moon about this really all about childhood trauma and how it affects the adults that we become. Mm, beautiful. And uh, um, depending on when that launches, I'll be in touch with Megan. Yes. To to understand that so that we can post it in our show notes and get you all yes. connected with that. We're 
excited to support you and, yes. um, and, and send everyone towards your direction to learn more about you. But uh, yes. if you guys want to really connect with her, go to Instagram, see where all the hype and excitement and positivity is. That's definitely where I've learned more about Megan. And um, mm -hmm. I just, I, again, thank you so much for your time and for your dedication you. to serving so many people. Uh, it takes, uh, in, a pre in a previous interview I had, it takes a certain type of person and a different type of energy to learn what you've learned but to immediately feel the need to turn around and help people and pay it forward. And yes. that is the type of people you should surround yourself with. If you're looking, you. this is my audience, if you're mm -hmm. looking for those types of people who are going to bring positive impact in your life. And yes. I, I believe that you, Megan, are an awesome advocate for that and an example of awesomeness. And we appreciate you, you. Um, being here. Any other last thoughts or words you'd like to share as we bring this to oh. a close? I would say to everyone listening and watching, watching, uh, just know that everything really is happening for you, not to you. And you have got this. <laughs> so beautifully said. I can't wait for more. Awesome, guys. This has been an incredible in interview and experience that I've had, and I've learned so much. I'll share my notes yes. with you in the comments section, but we've got to hear from Megan Gallagher and go check yes. her out on social media. Be alert as there'll be so much more for her. And for those of you who are um, constantly listening to our episodes and our show, we invite you to continuously send your support, give us a five-star review, share some likes. And uh, if you'd like to have a question answered on the air by any one of our guests, please uh, send that to info at mychampioncircle.com. And uh, remember <clears throat> always that everything you need is already inside you. You just need to that. take a little bit of action in order to get to the place you are journeying to. And we love that message and continue to perpetuate it. With that being said, guys, we'll see you next time on another episode of The Circle of Knowledge. We'll see you later.